Terry, let's just stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit that's within us today. Let's grow in understanding the power that lives within us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Scripture tells us that in Ephesians. Paul was instructing Timothy to stir up the gift. This gift is the Holy Spirit of God that lives within you. Terry, what we're wanting to do is get people to step out of just being a believer and becoming a disciple. We can go beyond the cross and understanding the empowerment we receive through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Jesus was teaching the disciples. This is what Jesus wants each and every one of us to do. When we were born again, we became new creatures in Christ. Old things passed away. All things became new in our spirit. We have to understand we're three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. But what's complete and whole in us is that spirit of God. And now we walk this Christian life out as believers, renewing our mind to who we are now in Christ. So I believe that's the basis of what we're putting forth today is moving beyond that initial experience of being born again, move into that power, the Spirit of God that's in us. We're truly wanting to be a disciple, and this requires effort, doesn't it? Oh, yes. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, Paul is reminding Timothy of the gift of the Holy Spirit that lives within him. He's wanting Timothy to stir up this gift because this requires effort. This is why a lot of us do not go any further than the cross. We're not understanding the power that lives within to be a disciple. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And what we're wanting to discuss today is the power of God that lives within each and every believer. That's what Paul was continuing to do in all of his epistles. He didn't want people to be ignorant. How many times did he say that? I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. And usually they were. So he had to stir it up again. He had to remind them. He had to, as Amplified says, uh, fan in the flame and keep burning that desire to become Christ-like. Fanning the flame, I like that. Doesn't that remind us of the day of Pentecost? Ooh, yeah, it does. (laughs) The flaming tongues that surrounded them, and the apostles and the other believers there were baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. They received the power from on high. They were told to wait for that power. When the power of God showed up, and they began to speak in other tongues, and it was just amazing. But it's that Spirit of God in us that He's wanting to stir up, to fan in the flames, to keep alive, to keep burning hot. Paul is wanting us to understand that we are just not believers, but we've been empowered as disciples of Christ to go forth and minister the Word of God with power and authority. We're more than conquerors because of that power and authority that's in us. Jesus was the first one to receive this. He was baptized in water, and then the Holy Spirit of God descended down upon him. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. This is when he started his ministry. He was endowed with power. He received this power to perform the task he had at hand. And it was a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. 
And now that same spirit has empowered us. And we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, talks about Jesus being anointed by the Holy Spirit with power. And I'd like to read this verse. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power, who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus received this power from God to do the following task. To preach the gospel, to heal the sick, and heal the ones who are oppressed by the devil. Set the captives free. That's Luke 4.18. That did. It? it sure is. Jesus was anointed by God to set the captives free. And this Holy Spirit is to strengthen us and give us ability. You know what I'm thinking, Terry? Jesus was a believer in God. Oh, absolutely. He was the Son of God. But what if he didn't go any further than this? See what I'm saying? He understood there was more. He was the Son of God, and he stepped out, understanding the power of the Holy Spirit working in his life. I was just thinking about the 30 years prior to him starting his ministry. He was a man. He was God. His mother told him things about him. He grew in favor. That's in Scripture. So he was growing this whole time. And that's what we're called to do, to grow. But it was after the Holy Spirit came upon him that this ministry exploded. And I think as we meditate on the Word of God, you and I as individuals and whoever might be listening, as you meditate on the Word of God, the Spirit of God will come alive in you as a believer. And God's purpose for your life will come alive. And you will move and flow in that power of the Holy Spirit that's in you. Step out of the realm of just being a believer and step into being a disciple. That's it. The Lord didn't tell us to go out and make converts, to make believers. He told us to make disciples. And Jesus' whole ministry here on earth was teaching us that we were going to be released from our sin through the sacrifice that came from God, which was Jesus. But there is more. He went on to elaborate and teach on the Holy Spirit working in our life. Jesus was doing three things. Jesus was teaching us the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives as disciples. The second thing, we have practical application of the Holy Spirit working in our life. And we see this all through the book of Acts. The practical application of the Holy Spirit working in a believer's life. And the third thing is, the Lord gave each and every one of us final instruction on what we were to do once we were believers and stepped into the realm of being a disciple. Because a disciple is simply mimicking your teacher. Be imitators of God. That's our goal. The only way we're imitators of God is through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. Imitators of God. And He's already given us everything in our spirits. We've been given everything we need to walk in this awesome realm. We have it in our spirit realm. It's this old, unrenewed mind that's left behind when we become born again. We're still in the flesh. 
and we struggle with that flesh on a daily basis, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we overcome the flesh. That's what Paul is addressing in, in Romans 7, towards the end of that chapter. And anyway, he says, this flesh is with us always, but praise God we have the Holy Spirit now. The flesh profits nothing. In my flesh there is no good thing. But it's because of the Holy Spirit of God in us. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit of God in us that overcomes all of our limitations, all of our thoughts that limit us, that fleshly realm that says we can't do this, we can't do that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this was what Christ was trying to do, was teach the disciples, because they were going to be the first ones to receive the Holy Spirit. And then they were to instruct others regarding the Holy Spirit of God. So Terry, why don't we go to John chapter 7 to start with and see the teachings of Jesus to the disciples and to the followers. Because when he was teaching, he was just not talking to the 12 disciples. He was talking to those who were followers from the very beginning as well. And in John chapter 7, starting with the 38th verse, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, people didn't understand what was being said because John, the writer of the, the Gospel of John, is telling us what it means. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit has not yet been sent, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus is introducing the disciples to the Holy Spirit. He's being very gentle with them. He calls it living water. And that's what he told the, the woman at the well back there in John chapter 4, that if you would drink from the water that I have, you would never thirst again. That's a great section of Scripture. It explains that, that power of God, the Holy Spirit, living water. I think John really has an understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit working in a believer's life. I want to get past the word believer and move on to disciple. Yes, let's do that. Because that's what we're wanting to do is make disciples. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we're building ourselves up. Be imitators of God. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I really enjoy the book of John is because it is talking about the power of the Holy Spirit working in Jesus' life and then working in the disciples' lives. We're talking about this living water, this life now that's in us, the Holy Spirit. You know, in John 14, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Let's just stop right there. Because when we understand the power that lives within us, we understand the Holy Spirit of God working in us as disciples, your heart's not troubled any longer. You understand the power and authority that has been given to you from God, from Jesus, through the Holy Spirit of God that fills every believer. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Believe the words that Jesus is speaking. You believe God, now believe me. Believe my words. And in, in context, in context of where Jesus is at, he's getting ready to go to the cross. And his disciples are going to watch him die. A horrible death. And he's telling them, let not your heart be troubled. So we grasp these words now and Grab on to the Holy Spirit of God that's in us. And we can say, in the face of anything, we're not going to let our hearts be troubled. 
That's how we begin to exercise that Spirit of God in us. First of all, settling ourselves down, stopping and saying, whatever is coming against me right now, I don't have to be troubled. I have the power of God in me. And what we're doing is learning to recognize where those attacks are coming from and who's behind those attacks, that we have power and authority over demonic activity. We have power and authority through the Word of God. We just have all this authority that lives within us. We're not just believers now. We're disciples, and we have this power of God living within us to fulfill the commission that Jesus said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. And we're going to go deeper into this. But in John 14, 12, verse 12, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, that is talking about everyone now, he who believes in me, that's everyone, even though he's talking to his disciples, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these. He will do because I go to my Father. When you say everyone, you mean anyone that's believed in Jesus has accepted the finished work of the cross. Yes. And whatever you ask in my name, Mm. that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Terry, he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. What he's telling the disciples, you ask for this. You ask for the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we take this out of context and say, this means I can ask anything. But in the context, it's referring to receiving the Holy Spirit of God, because this is what he's talking about. And we're going to see this as we go along. And This is Jesus himself speaking. Yes. We have to remind ourselves that from time to time. Because he goes on here in verse 16. I will ask the Father. I, Jesus, will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. And that's the Holy Spirit who is with us forever. Yes, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Just what you said earlier about you have to be a believer to receive the Holy Spirit of God. We expressed this earlier that most people, they're believers when they accept what Jesus did on the cross, but they don't go any further, do they? They don't understand this baptism of the Holy Spirit that lives within them, that gives them power and authority over Satan, period. That's all this is all about, is having power and authority over Satan. Because we have the power of the Holy Spirit that is greater, greater is he that lives within me, than he that's in the world. That's exactly what we're talking about. Restoration. We've been restored, brought again back into the kingdom of God, where God wanted us to be all along. He wanted relationship with us. And that's now accomplished because we believe that the Holy Spirit now indwells us. God loves us so much, Jerry. We could have just been saved and stuck and just being powerless. But Jesus is telling us, no, you're going to have victory now. Because Jesus had victory in his life because he was attacked on every side. He was by himself other than the Holy Spirit of God living within him. Think about this. Because demonic forces were harassing Jesus all the time. He went up on top of the mountain and prayed all night. So... Isn't that a great example for us to get alone, meditate, seek, seek him? He was stirring up the gift that was within him. He was stirring up the Holy Spirit of God within him to keep him on track, to keep him focused on what he was about to accomplish. 
He was stirring up the gift of God, just like Paul was telling Timothy, stir up this gift within you. If you don't, you're going to be powerless. And that's what we're doing here today, stirring the gift up in in us, in you and me, but in anybody who wants to can stir up that same Holy Spirit that was in Christ when he walked on this earth. When the disciples walked on this earth with that power, that Spirit of God in them, it's the same Spirit. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. None of those gifts ever went away, Mitch. They were for us today. We can be disciples. We can walk in this power of the Holy Spirit in our life. To be victorious. Mitch, I was born again for years. I never knew I had the power and authority that I do today. Nobody ever taught me. I bet I walked for 20 years seeking, but never coming to that revelation that it's the same Holy Spirit that was in Christ that lives in me today. When you begin to realize and begin to walk in the faith of the Son of God, Galatians 2.20, The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, the same Spirit that indwelt Christ Himself. Can I say that? Man lives in us today. And He wants to bless us. He wants to give us, as children of of the King, of the Most High God, if we would just abide in Him and listen to His Word and apply it to our lives. Oh, the light would shine. Wow. It showed up in the lives of the apostles in the book of Acts. Amazing. Terry, we want people to not just be believers, and we've been saying this over and over again, but the Lord wants them to move from today forward. He wants individuals to understand the power and authority they have within them. He wants people to have a victorious life. If we can understand this love that God has for us, the entire world, the Word of God is so powerful that it will touch every heart, will touch every soul if we understand this power that lives within us. And the apostles performed signs and wonders, not to glorify them, but to glorify God, demonstrating, I'm here on earth now. You have power and authority over the demonic activity. Everything that is bad comes from Satan. If we can get this in our head, everyone who is sick, everyone who is held captive in their mind by things that are, that are tearing them down, if they can understand their relationships are being torn apart by demonic activity and understand God does not want me in this position and he's not trying to teach me anything, what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. And now we're going into John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. Peace I leave with you. I'm going to stop right there. I didn't finish it. But the Holy Spirit is to teach us about the love of God, about the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life. He's not here to teach us you're sick because I'm trying to teach you something. No, that's demonic. Your relationship, if it's falling apart, is demonic. But the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you 
how to walk in love. If you're having problems at work, the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you to walk in love and to trust in Him. Ask for help from the Holy Spirit of God to give you wisdom, to give you knowledge, to give you spiritual understanding. We need to pray those prayers to receive revelation. We have to be meditating, like you said earlier. We have to be meditating upon the Word of God. We have to be seeking God. We can't just be going and doing a little devotion in the morning and going out the door and that's it. Demonic forces are going to harass you throughout the day by people speaking to you things that are ungodly. Let's talk about this comforter a little bit. He's our helper. And I just love the way the Amplified puts this. But the comforter, the counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, our standby. That's what we're taking with us every day. He's there. As we reprogram our mind to the Word of God, knowing that this comforter, this standby, this intercessor is with us all the time, we can lean on Him, trust Him in every situation, as long as we stop and do that very thing. Lean on Him. Lean on the power of God that's in us. So many times we let the flesh overcome us. That's what we referred to earlier again is the flesh is there. But if we're not living out of the Holy Spirit of God that's in us, the flesh will overcome us and we'll say something we shouldn't, lash out. But if we stop and listen to the comforter, the counselor, the standby, the helper, he'll get us through this in the most unbelievable way by his power and his strength, and we just go, wow, never knew that could happen. Man. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He will reveal to you this power of God that lives within you. We cannot stress this enough. Jesus wants us, all of us who are believers, to understand that once you're saved, you're going to receive power, the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. And God is no respecter of persons on who receives this gift. The Holy Spirit is wanting to guide us into truth of understanding His purpose and His plan. And all this plan is, is to reach others. So many people are hurting. So many people are held in captivity that are believers. They don't feel they're empowered. They feel Satan is stronger than them. And that's a lie. We're set free. Satan is a defeated foe. He's just a little imp with a big mouth trying to get in our head. Yeah. To harass us. When we can understand that I have power and authority over this harassment, and it starts in our mind, doesn't it? It starts in understanding, okay, as a believer in Christ... I can move forward. That's why Paul was always teaching. He'd spend a year at a place to teach. And Terry, what would he be teaching there for a year? It wouldn't be teaching you about come to the cross all the time, would it? So what was he teaching for a year? That's something to think about, isn't it? Because we read those things in the book of Acts where he says, I was here at Antioch for a year. 
What was he teaching? He wasn't teaching them to come to the cross. They're saved. They're believers. He was wanting to make disciples out of them. He was telling the Galatians to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. (laughs) Precisely. He was trying to give them an understanding of the Spirit of God that lives within them. And you really see it in the book of Acts. I mean, it spells it out. The book of Acts, Corinthians, you see it throughout the Word of God. Paul is trying to teach them an understanding of the power that lives within them so they could go out and fill the Great Commission. James says it also. 4-7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Submit yourselves to the Holy Spirit. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He says resist him. Resist him in your thinking. Don't let him get a foothold. Rely on that comforter, the intercessor, the helper. I want to jump back to Luke chapter 11, verse 9, 9 through 13. I think this will give us an understanding. Jesus is talking again. And we've talked about asking, seeking, and knocking. What are we to be asking, seeking, and knocking for? And he's going to explain it to us. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him knocks, it will be opened. He's going to explain some things here. He's going to use a story here to explain what he's talking about. And he's talking about love. He's talking about earthly love, and he's talking about heavenly love. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he will ask for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? He's instructing them on how to receive the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus is saying, ask for the Holy Spirit of God 